where nobody knows your name is recorded in front of nobody. Hello and welcome to this episode of Where Nobody Knows Your Name. Today we are reviewing Season 4, Episode 20, Save the Last Dance for Me. What an episode. What an episode and what a title. Yeah. Named after a song by the Drifters. That'll be definitely a theme of this episode. Written by Heidi Palman, directed by James Burroughs and aired on the 27th of February, 1986. I'm John. And as usual, I'm James. Well, yeah, as you said, named after a song... And the song, of course, is on the theme of dancing. I'm going to head this up. This is probably maybe one of my favourite episodes of the season so far. You like dancing? I don't know. You know, I've said uh, maybe a couple of weeks back, there was a cold open where Carla was dancing around the bar and I said it was the happiest that she's ever been. This is like an extension of that. I believe so. Carla likes to dance. But before we get there, should we kick it off with the cold open? Yes. And, ooh, a bit of a surprise for me. Woody's suited up to go on a date with a fancy city girl. Woody asked Diane, you're a girl, right? She goes, well, I'm a woman. Woody has a date, because last we knew he was still with Beth from Indiana. Well, times change in the land of cheers. <laughs> well... Would he get some good advice for his date from Diane? She says uh, people like to talk about themselves, and the best thing you can do is ask ask questions and let them talk about themselves, uh, and make sure that you're you're showing that you're listening. And Diane gives a good example of how to listen. Yeah, to herself. A good conversationalist is usually a good listener. I've found that people love to talk about themselves. Really? Oh yes. People have an endless fascination with their own little world. It's an observation I made as a small child, although I've never understood why it holds true. I myself have always found many more interesting topics to talk about. Of course, I've always made it a point to broaden my horizons. As a matter of fact, I was reading the New York Times at the age of four, and from then on to the classics, of course, it caused some hardships as a youngster, always being far and away the brightest in the class. Usually the brightest in the class is regarded as some sort of a pimply-faced egghead. I'm sorry, Clifford, what was your question again? Doesn't realize that Woody's left and in his place Cliff sat down. Classic Diane. But a good cold open. I did enjoy it. Uh, And Cliff's expression at the end (laughs) uh, was that he was trying to think of what he was supposed to be saying. (laughs) That's only the cold opening. There's lots more of the episode to unpack. Before we forget, see how I link that back in? As I said, this is an extension of that cold open where Carla was dancing. We just got a glimpse of it then a couple of weeks ago. We find out of Carla's history in like an old TV studio dance. Boston Boppers. Yeah, which um, reminded me of Hairspray. It reminded me of Hairspray, <laughs> which I, I quite liked. I'm not sure when. Would, would this have been like? It would have been in the 60s, yeah. Well, Carla talks about how they stopped her taking part because she was a pregnant 16-year-old. I assume she's a similar age to Norm. So yeah, it would be mid-60s, I'd guess. Yeah, and I think it gives a really nice idea of the history that Carla and Nick have had, because it talks a bit about how they used to enter it all the time together. Uh, and now there's a reunion, which is a competition reunion. But Carla talks like they used to dance all the time before they got married or before they had to get married. Woody responds that they have tough dance laws up here. It's a real kind of footloose kind of town, <laughs> isn't it? It was a really nice setup for what would become a really memorable episode, I think. Yes, and it was different because, as you said, there was a kind of fevered joy that would come later in the episode, which I'm not saying that Cheers needs this in every episode, but it's a nice surprise 
when it does happen. For me, there was actually quite a sort of thought about who was going to be Carla's partner because uh, she wanted to dance with Nick and she kind of says to all of them, Nick's not going to come, I'm not going to call him and kind of implies one of them should call him. But here's his phone number. <laughs> they do call him, he comes to the bar, meets Woody for the first time. Well, we'll play that clip. Who are you? I'm Woody Boyd, big deal. I do love Nick's interactions with people who are important to the plot, even if they're not necessarily main characters like Woody. But when he first met Frasier, it was, again, a wonderful interaction. Because obviously, everyone except Diane, he'd already met prior to the events of the series. Yeah, so he just totally sidelines Woody, even though he asks him who he is. When when he does come into the bar, Carl is overjoyed to see him, but they kind of have a bit of a spat. And he decides he's going to dance with Loretta at the competition and not Carla. Well, I'm not going to go with you, Carla. I was obviously the better dancer, so I'm going to go with my wife instead. <laughs> she was like, yeah, yeah, well, well, I'm going to go with Eddie Sisnik, who seems to be a famous Polish dancer, at least in the Cheers universe or the Tommy Westfall universe, mm-hmm. as, as how it's otherwise known. Eddie's so excited to see Carla because back when they were teens, he was, he was attracted to Carla. Carla gets all the guys. And then Eddie does a foolish thing and tap dances at the top of the stairs and breaks some bones. And he's out of the contest. Interestingly, though, we'll talk about the cast in a bit. The actor who played Eddie Sisnik is Nick Dimitri, and he was a stuntman and performed that fall himself. Which, to me, sets up a really interesting dynamic because i'm not sure about you i didn't know who who was going to dance with carla and i thought it was going to be cliff ah in that it would fall back into cliff's ball yeah or or i thought it was gonna be norm as well actually Uh, it it kind of norm and carla would be a funny match wouldn't they (laughs) But um, the, <laughs> just norm at the buffet table. The, the thing that I think the reason why, uh, to me, anyone was kind of on the cards was because throughout the season they have sort of leaned on different characters to support episodes. Yeah, and I think that's why when it was revealed that Diane and Sam had had dance lessons and that Sam should do it, that was quite a nice surprise. It's interesting you say that because they did a similar thing with Friends, where they were almost testing different partnerships, particularly in an episode where they did a flashback back to when the coffee shop was a bar Mm. and Ross and Phoebe almost hooked up. And this was them testing different partnerships to see not only what they felt could give more material for them to write for, but what they felt the audience would respond to. Mm. And, you know, Chandler and Monica was something which they tested, which obviously went on for a lot longer in the series. So I think with an ensemble cast it's something which the writers do try their hand at but given what we've previously seen with sam it made sense that sam would be carla's dancing partner or at least to me because in this season particularly sam and diane have not really been trying to be a couple Mm -hmm. they've kind of acknowledged that they had a history and they're almost flirting about it but they're not really desiring to be with each other whereas Carla and Sam, I think in this season there's more chance of Carla and Sam being together because they have more of a mutual respect for each other than I think (laughs) Diane and Sam do. I guess that comes into the fold later on in the episode as we begin to see the dance competition. Uh, In the the episode as well, we do find out a bit more about how Loretta and Nick have been getting on. Nick's been Loretta's manager and Loretta's in like a girl group of sorts. Lemon Sisters. What what I did like about this episode was everyone was quite reluctant to be a part of the contest and Sam didn't want to be part of the contest. I think if you you consider last week's episode, he felt like he was aging. He felt he was losing his reputation at the bar to Woody. 
In this episode, we've set up that Woody's got a date, and now Sam might be appearing to be graceful if he enters a, a dance contest. I thought it was an interesting scenario, and he was very reluctant to actually put himself forward to be Carla's partner. It's almost like a King Lear type situation where the incumbent ruler has become aware of their age and this young prince is coming in to dethrone him, perhaps. So yeah, as you say, that was an interesting situation and I doubt they were looking to allude to Shakespeare specifically, but it is a trope or a situation which has come up in a lot of different TV shows and and narratives of particularly in this kind of father-son type of relationship where the son usurps the father's role in society. Yeah, and I guess uh, when, we, when we look at this episode as well, the only thing that pushes Sam to actually step up and volunteer himself is Carla sort of loses all hope and she says that she's going to go home and burn her feet on the radiators so she can sort of be ruled out of the contest, uh, which is when he then stands up and says, he'll dance. They'd say that he has the grace of a swan. A bull swan. <laughs> Next scene is in the, the dance competition with a guy saying, hey kids. And I think now's a perfect time to go through the cast. Because you may recognise the guy who said, hey kids. First of all, we know the main players. We've got Dan Hedea as Nick Tortelli and Gene Kasim as Loretta Tortelli. But this guy, the host, his film debut was a Razorhead. Oh, okay. He was the pencil guy. What a role. He has also appeared in Dallas, Newhart, Matlock, Quantum Leap, Married with Children, Ellen, Deep Space Nine, Mad Men, and he played Ted's dad in the Bill and Ted trilogy, among many other roles quite an extensive filmography. Yeah, I recognise him as Ted's dad, predominantly, but I'll have to re-watch Eraserhead or that pencil scene alone. We also, as I said, Nick Dimitri as Eddie Sisnick. He also appeared in Rawhide, Get Smart, Kolchak, The Night Stalker, The Rockford Files, Heart to Heart, 48 Hours, Sudden Impact, Night Rider, Hill Street Blues, The Fall Guy, The A-Team, Hunter, MacGyver, Magnum P.I., Murder, She Wrote, Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and many more. We also have Sonara Still as Cheryl Kosky. This is her only film and TV role. And Cheryl Kosky seems to be Carla's like teen rival in the Boston Bopper scene. Some uncredited roles perhaps you'd like to hear of. Al Rosen as Al, of course. In the dance contest. You know who we'd love to dance to? Uh, Sinatra. Uh, Sinatra, uh, yeah. We also had Uncle role of Stanley DeSantis as Dancer. He also appeared in The Paper Chase, Alf, Candyman, Attack of the Five Foot Two Woman, My So-Called Life, The Birdcage, NYPD Blue, Boogie Nights, Rush Hour, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Aviator, Six Feet Under, and many more. Again, quite quite a good filmography there. The Aviator, is that the Martin Scorsese film? Yes, yeah, Scorsese DiCaprio, yeah. Yeah, so as we enter into the contest, you, you've set up some of the players there. They kind of get a, a sort of three, two, one, klaxon goes, the music plays. And the scenario is you dance for your life. And if a judge taps you on the shoulder, you're out. There are some moves. There's definitely some moves of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what you what you'd call them. It reminded me a little bit of you know, like Charlie Brown when the characters in Charlie Brown dance. <laughs> it reminded me a bit of that, and I think there was one person who was basically just copying those cartoons. I think I know the reason behind this, though, because I have been on the film set where we have been dancing because it was like a bar nightclub scene, and what happens was so you can hear the dialogue better, and for editing reasons. They put the music in afterwards. And because everyone's dancing to separate songs in their head, the movements are just kind of generic. (laughs) 
we do get some great songs playing. We get some Tutti Fruity by Little Richard, Devil with a Blue Dress On by Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. But I tell you, John, they go through this dance contest and how does it work out for these two couples, two power couples, right? Nick and Loretta in the blue corner, Sam and Carla in the red corner. But before we even get to that, James, I just want to point out, Sam, one week ago, had a hernia. <laughs> yeah, that's one week in, in our time. In Cheers time, it could be months. I don't care. If he had a hernia, even as a year, he was throwing some moves and, you know, I thought it would have popped back out. <laughs> he was throwing shapes. He goes, there's a hexagon, there's a circle, there's a rhombus. <laughs> but back, back to your red corner, blue corner. They both make it pretty far. And it whittles down. The judges are tapping away. And Sam uh, gets a tap on the shoulder, I believe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then he tried to fight them off. <laughs> I thought Carla was going to, you know, scratch him. Well, but Bull Swan. <laughs> uh, but then also Nick gets a tap on the shoulder. And I thought he was, like, going to glass someone. Yes, he had that look in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the competition ends and they, they have lost. Both pairings have lost. And what I thought was maybe quite a, a romantic gesture is uh, when they're about to crown the winner, Nick kind of steps out. He realises the reason they lost was because Nick and Carla weren't dancing together, John. And they just needed each other all along. That's the nicest gesture I've ever seen from Nick. <laughs> and he forces... I mean, he doesn't force the DJ, but he forces the DJ to play Unchained Melody and sort of just stands there with his hand out, waiting for Carla. Yeah, as I say, lovely. Surprisingly moving from Nick. And if there were any worries about anyone being graceful in this episode, they, they were definitely graceful. Oh, all kinds of grace. <laughs> Can't move for the grace. With this, they kind of relive some old memories. Get a trip down memory lane. I'll tell you what, if Cheers was a single camera sitcom made a bit more recently, you could have expected some, you know, nice transition where one of them goes in front of the camera and it flashes back to their teen years as they're still turning. And then it comes back and flashes back to now, but it's multi-camera, so they couldn't do that. But you could imagine their history, couldn't you? Yeah, and I think this is something which worries Loretta, who... Uh, Gets a bit jealous by uh, their dance to Unchained Melody. And gives a proposition to Sam. I'm sure we'll drop the quote in. <laughs> I'd like to do something with you that'll make him sorry. And I don't mean dancing. Do you have a van? Uh, I, I don't really think you want to do something you're going to regret later. Oh, yes, I do. And I'm going to do it right now. And I'm good, too. I was surprised by Sam. I thought Sam would be all up for that. I think it was played well. I think he learned a bit after his uh, sleazy misadventures of the last episode, where he took that long look out the window, remained a bit resilient to it. This kind of sparks what I'd say is the, the end of the episode and adds that kind of will-they-won't-they they to the Nick and Carla relationship, when uh, we cut back to Carla in the bar with a trophy, I think. They won the competition. They won the trip to Hawaii. And she is in the bar alone and, and Nick turns up. And he says that he wants Carla to come back, go to Hawaii with him, and that it was destiny that they danced in the competition together. This was a nice final scene because Carla's making an old family recipe. Yeah, I, I noticed that it was uh, leaping to an open grave. And we were assuming this because she's got an egg. <laughs> I like that. It's There was that tradition aspect there. What Cheers has done very well over these past four seasons, and we've alluded to it, this kind of phases, you know, being akin to the marvel universe mm. is that there's all these easter eggs behind where you can dip in and out of cheers in any episode and be entertained but there's all these little like nods and things to uh to previous things and if you've watched them you, you see them yeah and you're like that's a nice touch so yeah they're doing it for the fans john and people who make podcasts 30 years later 
Heidi Pillman's been a long-time writer for the show and particularly notable writer for Carla, with it being played by her sister. And a lot of in-jokes, I imagine, between the staff. As Heidi wrote this, she does write that sort of dilemma for Carla to decide whether to reunite with Nick and go to Hawaii with him. And there's the temptation there, and Carla's almost about to go. She says, wait a minute, what about Loretta? And Nick says she's waiting at the airport for us, to which Carla kind of just says no and, and does not go, which I don't blame her. Bit weird. Egg on your face, Nick. <laughs> A question about Diane and her speech in the cold open. When did Diane start reading the New York Times? Uh, I do not know. Age four. That's quite young. It is quite young. I don't think they do cartoons in the New York Times. Ah, oh, they must do. They must do. Every newspaper has cartoons. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> In this episode, what is the grand prize for winning the Boston Bop? Uh, it's a trip to Hawaii and some money. 500 bucks, no less. That is money, yes. That's quite a good amount of money as well. Worth dancing for. In Carla's words, what rule stopped her performing on Boston Boppers originally? She couldn't dance? Pregnant 16-year-olds can't holly gully on TV. Oh, yeah. In this episode, we find out that Nick has a new sort of side business and he's representing Loretta. What is the name of his talent agency? Nick's Talent Emporium High Class Talent for Less. Yes, which I think is a nice high class talent for less. What a sell. Speaking of Nick, he's over in uh, New Jersey now. What's his new phone number? Oh... Eight six seven <laughs> eight one nine four two one. <laughs> was I right? No, it was a uh, six or nine five 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 four three nine seven. Close. I mean, you you said some numbers which were in there. Uh, it's like uh, Morecambe and Wise. Is all the right numbers just the wrong order? <laughs> what high school class year? or years, that might be a clue for you, was Nick in which graduation year? I want to say it's like 63. Ooh, that's, yeah, that's one of them. Well, dude, that's one of them. <laughs> 62, 63, 64. Okay. What a joyous episode this has been, dancing all around. And I think despite the slightly bittersweet feelings at the end that Carla had, I think there weren't any losers, really, because Carla... Wasn't really expecting to be invited to Hawaii, but then Nick did, and then she ran out. Oh, I'm actually not going. Well, I'm gonna egg you, and she did. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was a, an all round pretty happy episode. Much happier than last week, where Sam and Diane realised they were old and alone. <laughs> Yay! I, I suppose in some ways that this kind of does have a similar ending, where if you think about it, at the end of this episode, Carla's making a leap in an open grave for one, having just sort of reaffirmed not getting back together with her her ex-husband after reliving their like high school dances and she's alone in Boston at the end. I mean, it's... I mean, I was trying to give a happy spin on it, but now you've just poured a bucket of bleakness over those dreams. I mean, there was a lot of joy in the episode, a lot of dancing, which was nice, you know. We'll focus on the positives. We'll race our... Leave, leave into an open grave for one. <laughs> the saddest of drinks. What, what shall we toast to you, James? The Boston Boppers. Boston Boppers, dancing as a whole. What else? i tell you what I'd like to... Let's raise a glass to the jukebox, because this episode had some good songs, which will undoubtedly be on our playlist, Spotify playlist. So I think let's turn the, this party for one 
with a jukebox on, you can't go wrong. Uh, on that note, thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. This has been a Cheers podcast. Keep dancing.